Good morning, RJLA family. I'm Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on RJLA Morning Wake Up Call at RadioJustice.org. Where something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today on Conversation Peace, we have Africa Town Coalition that will be talking about shutting down bad businesses in our community. But first, I want to give us a little bit of information about missing persons. Someone reached out to RJLA management, a mother, Megan is her name, who is looking for her 21-year-old daughter. This led us to give some statistical information about missing persons. Did you know, according to the FBI, from January 1, 2016 to December 31, 2016, a total of 647,435 persons reported missing in the United States. This is for all races. The total for whites includes Latinos. Latinos, I don't know why, they're not included in the persons of color. But the persons of colors was 242,294 persons were reported missing. In 2016, for the total of all races, 18 and over, 3.1% are Asian, 26.4% are Black, 1.3% are Native American, 3.2% are unknown, 66% are white, which also includes Latinos. For Los Angeles County for 2016, 9,943 missing adults, according to the California Department of Justice. And in 2016 for Los Angeles County, 17,792 children were missing. If you have a missing person to report, go to NAMI.org or blackandmissinginc.com. You will find vital resources and tools for families and friends of missing persons and to educate the community on personal safety. Black and Missing Foundation, Inc. and National Alliance for Mental Illness, these sites will bring awareness to missing persons of color and of any race. My name is Megan Holmes, and I'm making a desperate plea for the public's health. My daughter, Elizabeth Day, has been missing since October 17th. She's a beautiful girl. She does hang out in Los Angeles, California. She has been to the Echoplex in Echo Park. We have had a sighting in Culver City that could possibly be her at the Blind Barber. She disappeared without a trace. She left her purse. She left her toothbrush. She left all of her belongings, and she did not tell anyone she was going to be gone. We were very scared for her life, and we have no information of where she could be, and we're very worried for her. She is five foot seven. She's very slim. Her hair is half blonde at the ends and dark brunette all the way through the roots. She has long hair. It's almost halfway down the back. She's a white girl. She's she has blue eyes and she has many tattoos on her hand. She has um, five dots on her index finger and she has a number thirteen 
on her pinky finger. She also has uh, a, a, a happy face and a magic wand on her forearm. There is a feather on her foot. Uh, and the Hamburglar is on her right ribs of her torso. If you do see her, please call the LAPD Missing Persons Unit, Detective Hernandez, at 213-996-1800. Missing Persons, LAPD, 213-996-1800, if you see Elizabeth Day. She's also known as Libby. She is a very special person. She is loved and missed, and we are looking for her desperately. And let's get Elizabeth Day back to safety. Thank you. Thank you so much. Megan, thank you so much for for sharing your your serious, heart-wrenching story of your your missing daughter. We we do pray that, that she gets home safely that she's found safely. And once again, um, for those of you guys who have a missing person, you can go to NAMI.org or blackandmissinginc.com to get more resources and tools on how to find your loved one. Listening to Conversation Piece on RJLA Morning Wake Up Call. And today we have Freedom Fighter Billion of Africatown Coalition. Billion, welcome to Conversation Piece. Greetings. Thank you for having me. How are you doing, Angela? I am doing well, my friend. Billion, it's been a long time since I've seen you. And yes. I Yes, yes, a long, a long time, and and now that puts me in mind about our our dear friend, lost comrade D Don Kamathi, and I believe that's the last time I saw you was at his memorial service. Yeah, two years ago. Two years already. Wow, D Don is greatly missed. Most definitely. Yes, yes, he he most definitely is. Anywho, you are continuing. The, the the struggle and the fight in the, in the street. You are with a an organization called Africa Town Coalition. And right now you guys are addressing racist liquor store owners in the community. But before we get into into the um, shutting down the liquor stores, 
within the, the Los Angeles area, particularly in the Lamert Park area, which we are now going to call Africa Town. Yes. I I want you to let me know what is Africa Town Coalition? I know it's it's a union of the different black grassroots organizations and your mission is to develop an Africa Town in Los Angeles and other cities that have a, con- a significant concentration of black people. But how did, how did this come about? A little over a year ago, um a few of our coalitions came, excuse me, a few of our organizations came together who were involved with the, um, what we call genocide by cop. And, you know, we were looking at ways we could work together to better, um, you know, have, have some pushback against a lot of the police murders that are happening right now. And in some of our initial conversations, we, realized um we needed to do more to um work with and get support from people who were some of the more targeted victims of the police terrorism happening and that happens to be a lot of our brothers and sisters who are homeless and about a year and a half ago a lot of our um, brothers and sisters who have migrated to what was formerly known as Lamert Park we call it Kamathi Park now after um our great brother Didon Kamathi, um, the city and, and different people were advocating to push them up out of the park. Um, daily they were being harassed. Um, they were having um, their, their property taken and whatnot. So we initiated a food program, you know, so we could go over there, you know, start working with the brothers and sisters more directly, getting more familiar with them hearing their stories, finding out what their needs are, but at the same time being able to uh, give them a voice to the world or at least to the community as to what was happening, but also allow us to get more involved in, um, you know, fighting back against the city's agenda and, and different corporate agendas to completely phase them out. So, you know, as the weeks rolled by, we gradually realized that um, we need to take greater claim in our community. So, you know, we looked at, you know, it's a Chinatown, it's a Koreatown, a little Tokyo, (laughs) a lot of different areas that were exclusive to certain groups of people. And we figured, you know, since our people, um, you know, had put a lot into what was known as the Lamert community, it's kind of like the cultural mecca. It's the black political mecca, um, the black conscious mecca, the black artsy mecca. So we decided to name it Africa Town. And once we named it Africa Town, to that point we hadn't really come with a name for our coalition, but we figured, you know, in our fight to build Africa Town, we would be the Africa Town Coalition. So that's pretty much how that came about. Um, and it's been well-received by the community because for years there have been different groups who advocated to call it either Africa Town, Little Africa, the Pan-African Village. So mm-hmm. there have been others before us who were uh, doing the work to get it uh, officially recognized or even uh, designated as a uh, tourist area, uh, you know, known as something related to the, the, the black culture over there. So um, 
that's pretty much what it has grown into. Okay, and, and when you were explaining that about Koreatown and Little Tokyo and all those other places, I did not even make that connection when you first told me about Africa Town. But as you were tell- saying it, I was like, yeah, right. That makes sense. You know, of course, we have Little Ethiopia over right, on, right. On, on, on Fairfax. Fairfax, yeah. Yeah, right here in Los Angeles. And... But Africa Town, I, I like that, and I I can put my vote in for Pan Africa Town. <laughs> I like I like okay. That. Okay. I, I like I oh, like definitely. that. But but whichever one is, is is selected, yay! Are you in connection with city government to to do this? Because I you know they're the ones they have to put up the signs and and put it you know on on their infrastructure that this has been designated as as Africa Town. You know, on the on the city government level right now, you know, I think we kind of looked at it as the bad guys because, like, every issue we're dealing with, the city has had a, um agenda on the opposite side of the table of what we're doing um, from, like I was saying, with the brothers and sisters who are homeless, their agenda was just get them away from the area um, with the issue of the murders by the police, um, there was no support from the city, and now even with us naming um, the area Africa Town, they had just um, got to where they had somewhat officially recognized it as the Lamert Park Village. So they had a lot of people who um, were in support of that, and they even put up a website and had a lot of activity online. So now all of a sudden here we are calling it uh, Africa Town, so I think there was a lot of, or there is a lot of um, opposition to it still in City Hall and other um, corporate areas. But like I said, the people, the community for the most part has embraced it. Okay. So that's our main concern, whether anytime soon it gets officially recognized, you know, that's not our main concern. But as long as the people, um, you know, have embraced the name and... yes. Uh, people in other areas of the city states are starting to advocate for Africa towns where they're at. You know, that was our main goal in, in the, in the pursuit of um, controlling and claiming our own destiny. You know, that's more so what we're looking at rather than so-called official recognition. Right. Yeah. Because uh, a rose is a rose is a rose. And and of course, everywhere you go, there's a Chinatown also. So why not, let there be an Africa town everywhere you go. Also, I right. also, you know, I, I um, looked at your website and I see that you guys have some, some serious points for your, your mission statement. And I know you had already talked about genocide by cops was one of the reasons of the coalition coming together. And that's that's your number one uh, mission is we will not have occupying police forces or any other predators carrying out genocide against us or terrorizing us. And you will not have outside entities displace us from our communities. And those two, they, they go in hand in hand because with the police occupying forces, that's to get you up out of there which leads into the current state of gentrification that is happening yeah. in the Lermert Park. How do our new neighbors feel about living in a place potentially called Africa Town? Well, again, I think they um, 
had been given notice of the new form of Merck Park Village movement, and um, seems like a lot of them were embracing that. But um, over the summer, we came into a, a lot of contact with a lot of the um, new arrivals, and you know, through different conversations, some of them seemed to be okay with it. Um, you know, we haven't had any official word or whatever from any of them, but for the most part, a few of them have been supportive of, of the different programs we have going, um, the food program in the park, some of the sanctions against the liquor stores. Some of them have even spoken to offer help with the, uh, the issue with, with the murders of the police. Some of them have, suggested we have um, more meetings and conversations about the gentrification. So some of them have shown interest in working with us, but whether or not they're actually open to the idea of naming it Africatown, now that they are arriving, you know, has yet to really be, been addressed. So, Well, I most definitely know that the name is going to be the last thing to Right. to come and and is really the the least important of all of the tenets of what you guys stand for and it's really solidifying the the community and protecting the community from outside forces and from people within the community i i had the um pleasure i guess that's the word i want to use of joining you guys last night um or rather um you guys are currently on you know today's tuesday so we're currently on day 72 of fighting against the liquor stores in africa town and i joined you guys um in front of hubert liquor store (laughs) And, you know, I have I have not been out in the streets (laughs) (laughs) and and I have not been out in the streets to to protest. I the last time I did any protesting and I was a student at UCLA and it was doing um, the anti-apartheid movement. And that's. That's been a very long time, and okay. shamefully, as I as I'm saying this, I have not been to anything of 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 this sort, um, and I'm sure most of my classmates have not, um, most of my neighbors have not, most of my family's uh, members have not, but I went there to meet you and the other freedom fighters in front of the liquor store. And it was eye-opening of, of, the, of, of the things that we ignore in the community. You, you are there going against racist liquor store owners who are, you guys have a focus of that, that they're not hiring black employees or, or employees that reflect the community. They are limited on the type of products that they sell to the community, which is basically poison for our body. No fresh products like fruit or vegetables. And you guys are exposing the overall abuse towards the customers 
by ex- exposing the price ga- gauging that they're doing and right. just b- simply bad customer service. Now, you guys started this this whole movement against the liquor stores um, within the Lermert Park and other areas in the Los Angeles. When did you guys get started on this? It's wild because out of everything we're doing, um, it seems like the universe has kind of pushed us to really um, uh, move forward with everything we're doing through this sanctioning of liquor stores. Back in August, we were actually, we all had just met up, come together um, to go out and do our daily um, police patrols. Okay. Throughout the summer, we were engaged in a lot of, um, you know, patrols to try to prevent a lot of the terrorism that was happening by police. So on one particular day, I think it was August 15th, we just happened to pull into um, Liquorland, which is a store over on Imperial in Vermont. And as one of our um, brother comrades got out, went into the store, the driver of our car um, brought our attention to um, what we found out to be the owner of Liquorland. He had came out the store and confronted three people who had also just left his store. And, you know, he used the N-word, called them some niggas, told them, you niggas get up out of here. Wow. Because what basically happened, they had bought um, beers, but they went out right in front of the store, opened them, began to talk. Okay. He immediately came out. That happened, and we responded instantly. Right. But um, it just so happened he was having a meeting with some of his associates at his store. So there were actually, I believe, three or four different liquor store owners there when this happened. Okay. And as we got out to confront him, they came over to kind of back him up. So it became a real hostile, tense moment. And within minutes, they had called the sheriff. The sheriff arrived. So we just made up our minds at that point we were going to um, – sanction him right and it just so happened that first day one of our comrades ended up getting locked up so we said you know what it's not just going to be a one-day thing Mm -hmm. we're going to move and shut this store down because we have way too many here we have um over the past year seen too many situations where where people putting out videos of black women being attacked in nail shops black women being attacked in beauty supply stores um, disrespected at liquor stores, um, and a lot of these were Korean merchants. Okay. So all of this kind of fueled us us to, um, you know, move forward with the um, sanction over at Liquorland. People from the community would come in and finally share stories of different experiences that they had, either themselves being called niggas or niggers or witnessing other people um, being overcharged, at that time, uh, they didn't have any black employees. So within about 15 days, the owner finally asked us to a meeting. He um, hired one black employee in the store. He hired a black security guard. We sat down and met with him and an mm-hmm. um, associate of the Korean uh, Federation. It was a different federation. But basically laid out a, a set of demands that, you know, he makes reinvestments. He starts investing in youth programs, rehabilitation programs, and for the most part, he agreed to much of it. Okay. He did start contributing to Southwest Community College, 
Jesse Owens Park, their youth programs. For over two months now, he's been um, making contributions to our weekly food program in Kamathi Park. But just as soon as we started to make progress there, yes, um, I think it was around the 19th day, we were having our food program in Kamathi Park, and we were short on bread. Okay. So two of our sisters walked down the street to Hubert's, which is just a block away from Kamathi Park in Africatown. And as they were walking up to the store, they saw an elder roster brother being chased out of that store with a stick. So they caught the tail end of it on video. They sent us, they called us. We went down there, spoke to them, spoke to the owners, spoke to some other witnesses. Again, it was a situation where the brother had just purchased the beer. He was asking for a bag. They charged 10 cents. He only had a nickel. He gets into an argument with the clerk. The security guard they had back then ran, got a stick on him, chased him out the store. So, again, we realized, you know, this can't just be something where we have a one-day sanction. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, we're going to do just like we did at Liquorland, move forward with it on the second night there. Three of our comrades ended up getting arrested because the pattern we found is that these liquor stores pay whatever um, so-called law enforcement agency is in their area. Like Liquorland was paying the sheriffs okay. over at Hubers. They pay the LAPD. Mm -hmm. So instantly they respond in favor of these stores, not interested in, in hearing whichever side of the story, not interested in reviewing the videotapes. So... Like I said, our comrades got locked up that second night. Um, and as we move forward with that, you know, for about three weeks, almost every day, about five, six, seven times a day, the police would come confront us. It would be hostile. But again, more people from the community came and shared stories that they had been disrespected. A second woman contacted us, shared a story that her 15-year-old daughter had been attacked in there with a stick. A few weeks later, a third woman contacted us, told us that her 14-year-old son was attacked in there with a stick. But the only difference at Hubert's, the owner, uh, former owner, Miss June, showed no interest in actually sitting down, talking, and working with us. At one point, the um, mayor sent a liaison, um, representatives from the LAPD, First AME Church, the Korean American Federation, all came and asked us to a meeting. Mm -hmm. So we sat down with them, gave them a list of similar demands we had g given to um, Liquorland, but we also gave a separate list of demands to the Korean American Federation because they look out for the interests of all the Korean merchants, of all Korean business, of the political and cultural and, and social affairs for Koreans. So we said, okay, instead of this just being about these two liquor stores or liquor stores in general, Let's lay out some of the issues we're having with Korean merchants across the board, be it the swap meets, beauty supply stores, nail shops, whatever. So about a week later, they gave us a response to our demands. Um, out of the 14, I think 13 of them, they said they agreed needed to be worked on and they would um, make changes. However, the owner of Hubert's Liquor, Miss June, she didn't... Um, responded pretty much any of them. The only thing she did was she had pictures of people she was accusing of stealing out the store attached to the bulletproof window when you walk in the store. 
So we had demanded that she remove those. <laughs> that was the only thing she had did. Okay. So our first demand was that she shut down October 31st, Halloween. And when October 31st came, she did sell her shares of the store. And two new merchants um, are now trying to um, get ownership of the store. But one of the new merchants had been there for about two months prior to that. He came some point in September, but he also had a very disrespectful, arrogant, abusive disposition. Okay. So we are now continuing the um, demand that they shut down, even though he's here. He's a new um, owner. But again, people in the community are still supporting because across the board, unfortunately, this is a abusive relationship you know we have been dealing with for almost three decades now so with the issue of gentrification that's happening and all the other things um this is something people have gotten behind and are demanding that we don't make the same mistake we made in 92 after rebellion where we had a few conversations with the korean community and you know a couple um token crumbs were given and a few black employees were temporarily hired this time we want to make some long standing changes and the ones who show they either have no interest in that or not sincere about changing how they do business. We want them gone. You are listening to conversation piece. I'm Angela Birdsong and we have billion who is a freedom fighter in Africa town coalition organization. And we'll be right back. Dope fiends in the doorway, dice game behind the gate, dub on a fade, 20 mo on a 6-8, hype in the reps the game, chill bitch that shit could wait, I know you don't want credit, you want me from the other day, show these run up in the stove, Arab on they every move, last year he shot a 10 year old, just for stealing juice, gauge by the counter, nine behind the register, hates George bitch guts but he gotta love America, he's getting money here, ships his bread back home, they give him tax breaks, banks give him easy loans, let's one nigga work, dude sitting on the crate, making sure his brothers don't Take Charlie, welcome to the liquor store. Liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store. It's going down at the liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store. Charlie, welcome to the liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store, Welcome back to Conversation Peace. I'm Angela Birdsong, your host, and we have Billion with Africa Town Coalition and we're talking about store owners or business owners in our community that are very indifferent towards their customer base, will increase prices, give horrible customer service, and that Africa Town Coalition is working with these business owners, providing a set of demands to them, and also working with the the local merchant association, specifically the Korean um, association, to to improve relationships within our community within within the businesses. Billion, you you had said um, earlier that that some of these businesses they they pay the 
police departments. We pay them how you mean, like payola, contributing to the the police um, fund. How what 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 does that look like? Well, exactly what all and what ways we're not sure. You know, we've heard similar stories at most of the um, stores we've been to, um, but well, well, like. With Liquorland, um, when you go there, they have a sign on their store that says it's 24-hour surveillance is monitored by the sheriffs. So in an official capacity, um, you know, it looks like very likely that's one of the ways. But, you know, in the streets, it's always been the, mm-hmm. the rumor that, you know, they, they get the payola. And okay. based off of the way they respond, and like I said, Quite often, well, initially, they wouldn't even review the, the videotapes. Over at Hubert's store, we found after about three weeks of them constantly coming out. Um, well, 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 let me be more specific when I say review the videotapes. If the store puts out a call claiming we mm-hmm. did something, the police will respond and review the tapes. If the police come and we explain to them that the store's in violation to do something, that's when they won't review the tapes. Like like the incident where an uh, elder was uh, assaulted with the stick at Hubert's. They had no interest in reviewing okay. that incident. Um, the, the issue at Liquorland where we were saying the owner ran up, you know, calling folks niggas, they had no interest in reviewing the tapes then. But if the store claims, um, like at Hubert's, at one point they claimed we were physically stopping people from entering the store. At one point they said we were throwing rocks at people in the store, so the LAPD kept coming, reviewing the tapes and saying that was false. So after about three weeks, I mm-hmm. guess they got tired of doing that and um, stopped coming. Now at night, initially, the store would use the LAPD as an escort. Miss June and her associates would call the LAPD and use them as escorts, and we were told at that point, that they were paying um, a price for escort service. But it appears okay. after so long they kind of ran out of money or something, and that stopped happening. But um, that's the information we have as far as that. Okay. And the so with the owner at Liquorland, where, where all of this um, first started back, back in August 2017, is that owner he is he still um keeping up with the set of demands um that that you guys presented yeah for the most part um there are some more um like like i was saying he's contributed to l a southwest college he contributed to youth programs at the park um uh, we're expecting him to come today to drop off food excuse me um on sundays we 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 expect him to come drop off food at our food programs, which he has been doing uh, consistently for over two months now. But as far as other demands like investing in rehabilitation programs, um, Mm -hmm. putting up information where people can get help that have alcohol and tobacco addictions, those things haven't happened yet. And we have been wanting to have a town hall meeting with all of these merchants and both of our communities. So those are things we're still pushing forward to get done. You guys are, are doing excellent work. Thank you. Uh, the, these, the, the, th- thank you. Thank you for, for um, being a freedom fighter for, for me, 
for for the community that I live in, and if I didn't live in the community, just for for the the city that I live next door to. You know, the, you guys are doing this um, to bring in um, neighborly communication, neighborly relations, just to make everything overall better when when you are in the community now. Um, when when I was with you guys um, the, this the, this past weekend in front of the, the liquor store, you and I were talking, saying, "Okay, well, where if the liquor store isn't here, where would you go to get a loaf of bread? Mm-hmm. Where?" <laughs> and, and and of course, we know the the closest grocery store um, from from the Africa Town, also known as Limerick Park is on King and Crenshaw. And then the next one is on Crenshaw and Slauson. And I know that you guys were proposing with the actual owner of the building, the real estate holder, that maybe that liquor store should be turned into a local neighborhood grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we actually... um, you know, standing out at the stores and, and uh, you know, polling people on social media found that that's the number one demand um, pretty much in most of the areas we're at because most of them, I guess the term now is food desert. Most yes. of these stores are in areas where, like you were saying, the, the nearest option is a quarter mile to a mile away to go in and buy groceries. So, most of the people have that we've spoken to have expressed interest in converting these locations into, um, you know, markets, um, markets where they could buy fresh fruits and vegetables, where they could buy yes. meat, um, milk at a reasonable price. Because like these liquor stores, they price gouge um, those type of products if they do have them. But um, right, yes. yeah, that is something. Um, that's the number one thing a lot of people like to see. The second everyone has expressed is, you know, having them some type of youth facility where young people can come after school and have different programs, tutoring, whatever. But um, the primary thing a lot of folks would like to have is grocery markets. Right, exactly. Because if, you know, for, for those who have visited um, the New York City area, <laughs> the, you know, there's not that many grocery stores, but there are plenty of neighborhood markets that, that offer fresh produce and flowers and, and the different type of necessities that, that you would just want to have in your home um, to, to, feed, to feed your family and without having to pay a, a really high price for that. Africa Town Coalition, you guys are addressing so many different needs in the community. Decent homes, schools, and medical facilities. You guys go into that we will not allow our people to be kidnapped or thrown on prison plantations or forced into sex trafficking or organ harvesting. And and what we have already been talking about is that we will not allow people from other communities to continue to economically exploit us. Now, you guys are doing the the food on Sundays. 
and Kamathi Park, also known as Lamert Park yeah. Village. And what does one person need to do to show up on Sundays? To what, what, is, what is the food program about, and what time does it take place? Well, the food program happens at a very special time um, here in L.A. For years, for a couple of decades, we have had what is known as the African Drum Circle take place in what we call Kamathi Park, formerly known as Lamert Park. And it's where we come, congregate, and just let loose. We engage in our cultural, whether it's African, Moorish, Muslim, Rastafarian, um, Hebrew, Israelite, just whatever cultures we as blacks, African Americans identify with, it happens on Sundays in Kamathi Park. But over the past couple years, a lot of people who have been displaced due to this uh, gentrification have been migrating to the park. They've taken um, refuge in the park. So it's actually created a second culture that, well, the, the, the homelessness doesn't just happen on Sunday. It's every day there. But on Sundays, it's um, another phenomenon that's taking place in the park. So... Part of our food program was to go there and start bridging all these different parts of the park back together into one because a lot of folks who come for the drum circle, you know, that's uh, anywhere from working class people to college students to visitors to just people going there, you know, for that. But then um, some of them would have issues with some of our brothers and sisters who are homeless. There's actually two ends of the park on the Crenshaw, which is the west end of the park. A lot of people um, refer to that. I don't remember if it was the drunk alley or something, but then on the opposite end, the east side of the park, is where a lot of drug activity was taking place um, by the restrooms. So we went, offered food for everybody. Um, we feed anywhere from 50 to 100 people a week. Uh, you know, we demand that those who don't have homes get in line first, uh, women and children first, then the brothers, and then anyone else who wants to eat, if food is left, can get in. But through that, we were able to start bridging a lot of conversation between people, um, getting people to identify our brothers and sisters without homes as human beings, not just those homeless people sleeping in the park, not just drug addicts, not just alcoholics or bums, but... Um, that began to get a lot of support, I guess, in different areas, in the political areas, in the, the business areas, and on social media. So the food program has, has actually grown into like a, a weekly family feast. And okay. initially it started with just our coalitions who had come together, you know, coming out our pockets and, and buying the food. But um, as other groups joined, like... Um, we have a mother and daughter group with us now known as Black Light. For months, they insisted that they provided all the food. So it's not something where we're coming giving out stale food, uh, molded mm -hmm. food, but, you know, women actually cooking the same meals they'll provide for their own families. Um, okay, so you, you come there to get a hot dinner or you go in there to get groceries? What, yeah, yeah, you're coming to get a hot dinner, but some weeks okay. people also provide groceries. 
So it, it can be okay. a combination of all of the above, but it's also grown into where we um, have blankets and, and clothing drives. Um, last year, for those who celebrate Christmas, um, it was a lot of toys available. We have hygiene products quite often, but um, just to supply the immediate needs for a lot of folks who are out there, that's what it became. But like I said, it became um, a, a bridge for a lot of other conversations and, and organization to happen. So at this point, um, the owner of, of Liquorland, Mr. Cho, now contributes every week. He contributes about 100 waters, 100 sodas, boxes of fruits and um, vegetables. So that's been added to it. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just uh, one more element to the, the weekly drum circle that takes place. Right. And I, I love that that not only are you a freedom fighter, but you have some freedom, freedom fighter success stories also with with the with the food program and in Kamathi Park and also with the the owner of um of Liquorland Mr. Cho um agreeing to the set of demands that you guys started on um back in August from just seeing someone being being mistreated i i i, I once again i just uh, applaud um the Africa Town Coalition now when we come back um, Billion, I want us to talk about what's happening in your life personally. Okay. Um, that we know that freedom fighters have their highs and their lows. And there's there's something that I want you to share with us when, when we come right back. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I love the big city. But our place is itty-bitty And they call rock and roll noise I have to find another place for me and the boys Conversation piece. You are on the RJLA morning wake up call, and we have Billion, who is a freedom fighter with Africa Town Coalition, and he's been sharing with us all of the different tenets and the the movements that they have been doing here in the Los Angeles area, and we want to support our our brother Billion 
and something that's happening personally in in his life. He um, has been charged with um, with the possession of a loaded weapon back on October 16th, 2017. And he has to go to court. He has to fight this charge. He, We need him on the street, you guys. Uh, you already know why we need him. And Billion, can, can you let us know what happened and what can we do to to help you? So one night after we um, finished, you know, shutting down Hubert's liquor store, I got in the car with a couple comrades, and after we had dropped one brother off, we went through Inglewood. He was on his way to drop me off. Um, but before we got to where I was um, residing, we had got pulled over by the Inglewood police. They said initially it was because he had tinted windows after they ran his license and found it was suspended they removed us from the car they then searched the car uh found my backpack went through my backpack and found uh, a loaded gun so you know i was arrested um initially charged with a felony possession of a loaded weapon it was reduced to a misdemeanor possession of a loaded weapon I was released on OR, but they want me to return to court on the November 27th. And at the last appearance, the prosecutor was asking that I serve 90 days in the county jail. Um, she stated that, you know, if I don't take the offer on, you know, the next appearance, every following appearance, the time will go up. And at this point, with everything that's happening, um, other things, issues in my personal life with all the um, actions we are engaged in, you know, uh, for the movement, I am looking to go ahead and resolve it as fast as possible. Um, you know, if necessary that I have to serve time, then that's what it is. But I have spoken to an attorney, a young sister who believes she might be able to have the case thrown out. And if it's not thrown out, she believes she can have the time reduced or even convert it over into community service. But at this point, I am trying to raise funds to retain her. Um, she is asking for $4,000 uh, to get it resolved before trial. If we go to trial, she says she'll need more. But um, at this point, I'm kind of confident in her. She was referred to me by... Um, some people I'm familiar with. She does have experience with these type of cases. She has experience in the Inglewood court where I'll be going, and she's familiar with the judge that I will be in front of, which is Judge On over at L.A. Superior Court in Inglewood. So where I do believe it is in violation of my um, right to protect myself. You know, I have had assassination attempts on my life. I've grown up in L.A. Inglewood where, you know, guns have been flooded into our street and put into the hands of people less responsible. Uh, we are living in a culture of violence and doing the type of work that we do um, almost daily, you know, our lives are put on the line. So I do believe all of us have a right to reasonably um, possess weapons and have them weapons prepared to use 
because California does say, you know, we can have guns, but they want you to carry it in such a way to where if you were attacked, you wouldn't reasonably be able to defend yourself if um, you don't have your clip in your gun, if you don't have your gun prepared. So that's part of the um, insanity in the law that they're, you know, holding us accountable for. But again, because that would be a much longer fight uh, to draw it out to um, superior courts and all of that. And with Trump in office and and the um, federal judges we got, you know, I don't really see um, a victory in that way. And I don't think it would be fair to myself, my family, or the movement to just try to sit in, in prison, you know, for a couple of years and make a political statement. So I am looking to go ahead and resolve it as soon as possible in the most efficient way. So that is why I'm asking, you know, all who are in position to do so, if they can help me um, retain this attorney. And we do have a link on our website on Blackson365.com where donations can be made through PayPal, but also, um, you know, I'm pretty much available in the Los Angeles community every day in Africatown. Um, so anyway, anyone that could help, you know, it is needed. Thank you, Billion. And once again, that, that website is Blackshon365, B-L-A-C-T-I-O-N 365.com. Also, Billion, you, you have mentioned that if we um, were to write letters to Judge on, yeah. where, where, um, what, what, what needs to be in that letter to go to, to the judge? Um, basically, anyone that may be familiar you know, with me, the work that I'm doing, anyone that may be familiar that I'm not someone, you know, just carrying a weapon, trying to attack people, because that is what the uh, prosecutor tried to present in the arraignment. Um, uh, they had found, like, some gloves in my backpack. They had found a head covering in my backpack. She tried to say it was a mask. She tried to say because of the area we were stopped in Inglewood, there's a lot of... Um, burglaries that take place she was trying to suggest that you know i have a weapon to to go out and do harm to people so anyone that is familiar with me the work that i do that can kind of contest that um narrative the prosecutor is trying to um make against me you know if they can include that in the letter uh you know people that are more familiar with the laws uh, if they know other um case law that that could apply to this case that could help out you know but you know anything that they um think they could put to paper to send to this judge um would most definitely be appreciated okay and then you're you you go back to court um on november 27th yeah okay okay so you you you've heard the the request rjla family that we need you to write letters if you know brother billion if you know of africatown coalition if you know of the work that is being done or needs to be done by this brother in the in the group that he is with we ask that you will write a letter to judge on who is in the los angeles superior court in inglewood california that's googleable 
I don't have the address here, but if you can Google it and you can find out the um, address to send a letter to Judge On on behalf of Billion. And Billion, what, what, what is your um, government name? William Campbell. William Campbell. William Harrison Campbell, yeah. Okay, so when we write this letter, <laughs> it's going to be for William William Harris Campbell, Campbell. and yeah. um, because Billion is his freedom fighter name. Right. Um, well, it, it's been presented in court, so they'll probably be familiar either way. But yeah, if they choose to put William Harrison Campbell, that most definitely work also. Okay, and then also we, you know, you can also go to Facebook. And and um, look up African Town Coalition. Make sure you put in their hashtag Free Billion. And Billion, where where else can people go to to see the work that you're doing? Well, our website blackson365.com. Um, it it um, has a a link to Blackout TV, which is our YouTube channel. We do do some blogging pretty much since we began the sanctions against the liquor stores. We haven't had as much time to blog, but um, more information that, that lays out the foundation for our work is found in our blogs, but also YouTube. Um, you know, we have two channels on there, have my personal uh, Blackout TV channel, but we also have an Africa Town Coalition channel and a few different independent media sites have you know interviewed myself interviewed us as a coalition the work we do so like you were saying if they hashtag um free billion they hashtag africa town coalition um or just look up any of the other topics we've been speaking on they can find out more information perfect Brother Billion, thank you so much for for being here with us on Conversation Peace. I I truly uh, appreciate you and and truly send out um, well wishes, prayers, um, blessings to come your way for your case personally and for the work that you guys are doing here in the community that can only spread to everybody's community because we want to be treated with respect. We want to take control of our destiny and we want there to be an Africa town (laughs) here locally and and in, and in a city and state coming to you soon. Yes. And thank you, Angela. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you everyone over there at this new powerful radio station. I'll be promoting it for y'all, and I'll be looking forward to future shows, but thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. All right, you've been listening to Conversation Peace on the RJLA Morning Wake Up Call. Visit us at radiojustice.org and Radio Justice on Facebook. I want to thank, of course, uh, my wonderful guests, Billion and Leslie Bradford, the powerful force behind this great building RJLA station, Uh, my sound engineer, Jaime Casillas, and always you guys, our RJLA devoted listeners. I'm Angela Birdsong. Thank you again for allowing me to share this experience of conversation piece on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stay firm in the faith, 
Be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love. Thank you.